We've been talking the last two weeks about relationships. Uh, Joe McGee, good friend of mine, has always said that your life is good or bad right now based on your relationships. And you think about how true that is in your life. Two weeks ago, Kurt talked about friendships, and it was such a good message. Uh, and you can get online, you can get on uh, our website, and you can watch that message. It was super amazing. Then last week, I talked about having a relationship with God, then how, if you will, that's the foundation of my life. I'm standing on the relationship I have with God, and that out of that comes my friendships, out of that comes my marriage, out of that comes all other relationships in my life. Now, what have we found? out about relationships. Well, we found out two simple things, and this applies to every relationship in your life. If you're married, it applies to that. If you have friends, it applies to it. Uh, if you have a mother, a father, a grandmother, it doesn't matter who you are, what relationships you have, there's two facts about relationships. They take time and they take energy. They take effort. Okay, if you're going to have a relationship with your grandmother, it's going to take time and it's going to take energy, correct? If you're going to have a relationship with a spouse, it's going to take time and it's going to take energy. And we have all kinds of relationships in our life, don't we? But every single relationship is going to take time and going to take energy. You know, that's why you can't have 100 close friends because you just simply don't have time to put all the, the, the time and the energy it would take to have those relationships. So we've been talking about how important that is. Today, I wanna talk to you about marriage. Now, I believe the most important relationship in my life is my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's number one. Out of that springs everything else. Then the second most important relationship in my life is my marriage, because I'm married. Uh, I heard a Bible teacher one time say, the Bible says to leave and to cleave. And he said, if you have to go a mile to do it, or you have to go 10,000 miles to do it, whatever you have to do to leave and to cleave, it is the second most important relationship in my life. Now, it's the first most important relationship in, in this world with another human being. Then, of course, I'm a pastor, and I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a granddad, uh, I'm a father-in-law, and I'm great at all of those things. Amen. Megan's here to say amen. Amen. I'm a great father-in-law. And uh, so at, at least if, I don't, if I'm not, I believe I am. Amen. So I want to talk to you this morning about marriage. Now, here's what we're going to do. I want to show you three simple truths about marriage. Three simple truths. I want to read to you out of 1 Peter chapter 3, starting with verse 7. This is the New Living Translation. And listen to what this says. It says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of this new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Now, let me just take a minute and unpack that verse. There's one thing I'd love for you to see in this verse that I think is so powerful. The King James says to treat your wife as if she were the weaker vessel. It doesn't say she is. And, and here's the context of what, what the scripture, I believe, is saying. And that is what we're supposed to do as a, as a husband is I'm supposed to treat my wife as if she has great value. Great value. It's not about her being weak and me being strong or I'm big and she's little. No, what, what it's trying to say is, is if you're married, you're a husband, that you're supposed to treat your wife as if she has great value value. Now, let me give you an example. <clears throat> My father-in-law, <clears throat> excuse me, who uh, has passed away, uh, 
he owned a 30-30 Winchester rifle. And it was a pre-64 Winchester rifle. If you know anything about rifles, uh, it, you know, it, it, it was a very cool rifle. Well, he didn't want us to fight over it, <clears throat> the family. So he took it down to the pawn shop in Plainview and pawned it so nobody would get it and we wouldn't fight over it. Well, as soon as he walked out of the pawn shop and left, I pulled into the parking lot and went straight in there and I bought it. Okay, because I wanted that rifle. I didn't want it to get out of our family and I didn't want it to get away. That, that rifle, that 3030, has great value to me. Okay, are you with me? I wouldn't take $10,000 for it. You couldn't buy it for $10,000. Now, I didn't say my wife wouldn't sell it, okay? But, but I'm saying I wouldn't sell it, okay? Now, let me go one step further. I wouldn't take $100,000 for it. And I'm being as serious as I know how to be. That rifle means a lot to me and it has great value to me, okay? Gentlemen, if you're here and you're married this morning, that's exactly how we're supposed to look at our wives, as if, and not as if, she does, that our wives have great value. They're precious, they're valuable. And just like you would treat something in your life that you own, that you think, oh man, I don't want this to get lost or stolen or broken. You know, when we would take kids to kids camp, we would always tell them, don't take anything to kids camp that you don't want lost or broken. You know, we would tell kids, don't bring your great grandmother's Bible to kids camp because then it'll get lost and you'll never see it again. Then your mama will be mad at me. Your grandma would be mad at me. Don't bring anything that you value. All right, gentlemen, God wants you to look at your wife through the eyes that she's precious and that she's valuable. That's what the scripture's saying. All right, let me show you the next thing I want you to see. Uh, several years ago, Pastor Jimmy Evans, uh, who's involved with Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo, wrote a great book on marriage and it's called Marriage on the Rock. And I've read that book. I've used it in counseling. Uh, I've given many of them away. And it's a great, great book. It's called Marriage on the Rock. And in that book, he talks about the four needs of a man and the four needs of a woman. Now, I don't have time this morning to go through all four of, of the needs. I'm not going to do that. But what I would like to do is take a moment and show you a man's number one need and a wife's number one need. If you'd like to know all four, I would love to encourage you to get online and order the book. The book would help you and it would help you in your marriage. So here's the first one. A man's number one need is honor, respect, or to be appreciated. Okay, that is a man's number one need. Listen, every man in this room craves honor. Every man in this room craves respect. Every man in this room craves to be appreciated. Listen, ladies, if you're married, you have great influence and power over your husband if you would just honor him, if you would just respect him, if you would just let him know that you appreciate him. Now, what happens a lot of times is we get mad at each other in marriage. Well, you know, if my husband would do something that was honorable, I would honor him. But I would encourage you, uh, sow some seed, live by faith. Even even if you feel like he's not doing everything you want him to do, if you would honor him, if you would respect him, if you would let him know you appreciate him, I'm telling you, it will pay great dividends within your marriage. Now, let's talk about a woman's number one need. A woman's number one need is security. Security. Okay, listen, men are hunters and gatherers and women are nesters. Okay, a woman wants security. 
Okay, what do you mean security? Well, she wants to be secure financially. She wants to be secure emotionally. She wants to know that she's loved. She wants to know that she's gonna be taken care of. It's a basic need in a wife. It's a basic need in a woman. So gentlemen, if you will go about meeting that need, if you will make sure that your wife knows, hey, baby, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to make sure everything's taken care of to the best of my ability. If you need me to do something, you let me know. You meet that need for security instead of violating it. Well, hey, if you don't change, I'm out of here. Okay, that's violating her need for security. So a man's number one need is honor respect, appreciation. A woman's number one need is to be given security. Now, let me show you the next thing. Several years ago, Vicki and I have been married over 40 years, okay? So this was a while back, a long time ago. Vicki and I, in the early days of our marriage, were struggling in our marriage. We were, we were, we were struggling. We were having a hard time. And so she wanted to go to marriage counseling. Well, I wanted to stay married. And so I said, okay, let's go to marriage counseling. So we went to Lubbock, Trinity Fellowship in Lubbock, uh, had a counseling unit. And so her and I went and uh, we, we got marriage counseling. Now, can I, let me just stop and say something and encourage you. Listen, brave people, strong people get counseling. Okay, brave people are not afraid to talk to other people. See, people who say, oh, I don't do that. I grew up, listen, I grew up in a family where you didn't tell people your troubles. You didn't talk to people about what went on in your family. <clears throat> That's how I grew up. We didn't do that. But I wanted to stay married. And so we went to marriage counseling. Uh, you know, one time it's, I was in the drugstore in Plainview and I was purchasing my items and the girl at the checkout counter was checking me out and she said, Rusty, are you divorced? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not, and I don't want to be. And I never went back to that store again. I'm being serious. I'm being serious, all right? I mean, I, I stayed out of there because why? I want to be married. Why did I go to marriage counseling? Because I want to be married. Kurt talked about it with friendships. As a married man, I don't hang around with men who don't want to be married or don't like marriage or, you know, marriage is stupid. I, no, I, I want to stay married. I want to be married. So we went to counseling, and I learned something in those sessions that has helped me from then until now. And it not only helped me in my marriage, it's helped me in every area of my life. I learned two things, and I want to tell you what they are. The first one was they introduced us to the five love languages. You see, for a long time in our marriage, I kept waiting for Vicki to change, and she kept waiting for me to change. And many of you have done that, haven't you? Then you kind of get into a standoff, and I want her to meet my needs, and she wants me to meet her needs, and we kind of clash, and we didn't get along. But when we discovered the five love languages, we've taught them right here in church, okay? And we've talked about them before. I want to make you aware of a website you can go to. It's called fivelovelanguages.com. Now, if you're on the YouVersion Bible app, all of this is right there in my notes. And then if you're watching online, if they're watching online, it's right below. You can scroll right below and it's right there. So if you'll go there, it'll help you understand the love languages. Now, let me talk to two groups of you. Hey, pastor, I know that. I've taken that test, and I know what my love language is. Could I encourage you to go back and review it, look at it, think about it, remind yourself of what your spouse's love language is, remind yourself of maybe what your children's love languages are, remind yourself, because you can drift away from it, and it has so 
helped us. If you say, hey, pastor, I've never heard of that. What is that? Go to fivelanguages.com and there's a simple little test you can take and it'll help you discover what your love language is. Okay, let me just give you a, a quick example. One of my love languages is quality time. Okay, quality time. What does that mean? Well, I wanna be with my wife. Okay, in the morning we get up, we get coffee, we go to separate rooms and we read our Bibles and we do our devotional time and I leave her alone and she leaves me alone. Okay, that's a rule in our house. I have to leave her alone, okay? Because I want to be with her. Then after we finish, I go downstairs. I'm already downstairs, but I start breakfast. Then I go to the bottom of the stairs and I holler up the stairs and I say, Vicki, get down here and be with me. And she says, all right. It, it hurts, really, it hurts. I mean, no, she doesn't do it bad. But I want her to come down and be with me. That's one of my love languages. Okay, her primary love language is acts of service. She wants me to run the vacuum and dump the trash. Now, seriously, I'm not joking. She, she wants to be helped, and that shows her that she's loved. And she doesn't want jewelry. She doesn't want flowers. She doesn't want candy. I envy you guys that your wife wants candy and flowers because that's so easy. Okay, I have to vacuum the whole house. Okay, while you guys come in with flowers and candy. The second thing that helped us so much was when we found out our personality style. Now, you can go to focusonthefamily.com, focusonthefamily.com, and it will help you to discover what your personality style is. This so helped us. And if you already know what your personality style is, remind yourself of what it is. Think about what it is. Renew yourself with, hey, oh yeah, my husband's is this and my children is this. Okay, you will discover early what they are. And so if you don't know what it is, get on there, it'll help you and uh, it'll cause you to grow. It really helped us. Now, with the time that I have left, I wanna show you three things that you can do to invest in your marriage. Three things you can do to invest in your marriage. Now, listen carefully. Your marriage is worth investing in. It's worth taking some time to invest in it, okay? Many of you are, are, have education and training for your jobs, and it took time and energy to learn to do what you do. Your marriage is the same way. If you will invest some time, if you'll invest some energy into your marriage, listen, It'll benefit you, it'll benefit your children, it'll benefit your grandchildren, it'll benefit those around you. And you, you say this morning, well, pastor, I'm not married, so this doesn't affect me. Well, yes, it does, because if you can learn about marriage, you can help your children with their marriages, or as your grandchildren get married, you can use this information in other places. So let me show you three simple things that you can do to invest in your marriage. And here's the first one, and it's the most simple. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your spouse. Let me read you a verse. I want to read to you out of uh, Romans 12, starting with verse 10. Romans 12, verse 10. Listen to what this says. Be devoted to one another in love. Now, let me make a point. Okay, I want this to apply to marriage, but it applies as being a Christian. Okay, the promises in this verse are for all of us as believers, so you can't think, well, that's not for me. No, if you're a Christian, it's for you. Then I want you to apply it to your marriage. So listen to what it says. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Can I read that one more time? Honor one another above yourself. 
Can I, can I read it one more time? Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Then the last sentence says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer. Listen to me, ladies. If you have a husband, pray for him. Listen to me, gentlemen. If you have a wife, pray for her. If you have children, pray for them. If you have grandchildren, pray for them. Listen, don't be afraid to pray together. Kurt and I were talking, and he was talking about Craig Groeschel, who's pastor at Life Church in Oklahoma City. And he said, as a husband and wife, just pray 60 seconds. You know, you don't have to pray for 30 minutes. Just pray for 60 seconds. What if as a husband and wife, you took 60 seconds each day to pray together? Okay, and then he says this, if you miss a day, it's okay but just don't miss two days. Listen, put Christ in your home. Put Christ in your marriage. How do I do that, Pastor? Well, one of the ways you're doing it right now is you're in church. Another way to do it is pray for each other. Listen, I pray for my wife and my wife prays for me. I'm amazed at the people, the couples who don't pray for each other. And I know sometimes we get mad and we get hurt and we don't wanna pray. That's why the verse I just read says it'll hinder your prayers. Okay, pray for your spouse. Listen, if you got kids, pray for your kids. If you got grandkids, pray for them. Now, never mind your mama, your daddy, you know, your aunts, I mean, you, all the people in your family. That's where you get into pleading the blood, right? I just bring the grace of God over my bloodline because there's so many of them. So pray for your family. Here's the next one I want to show you. <clears throat> read, read. What do you mean, pastor? I bet... I bet every single person in this room has a Bible, right, everybody? You, you either have it on your phone, you have it on your iPad, or you maybe have a paper Bible at home. Okay, if you have a Bible, you possess the greatest textbook on marriage ever written. It's the greatest textbook on marriage ever written, okay? Read your Bible about marriage. How do I do it? Uh, get online and Google marriage in the Bible, Marriage in the Bible. And then all these verses will come up and you can go through and read those verses and it'll help you and it'll encourage you. Next, what if you read a book about marriage? What if you got online this afternoon and you ordered Jimmy Evans' book, Marriage on the Rock? Okay, Trey Morgan, who pastors in Childers, Texas and used to pastor here, he and his wife do a marriage ministry and they've written two great books. So what if you ordered a book on marriage? Now, can I just say something? Your marriage is worth investing in. Well, hey, pastor, you know, I don't have time to read a book. Your marriage is worth it. Your kids will thank you. Your grandkids will thank you, amen? So take some time and read some things about marriage. Now, here's the next one, and this one's big. <clears throat> and I know it's big. Okay, what if you took time to attend a marriage retreat? What if you took time to attend a marriage retreat? There are great marriage retreats that you and your spouse can go to. Vicki and I have been to them. I know Kurt and Megan have been to them. I know Arthur and Ashley have been to them. Probably many of you have. Invest in taking some time. Now, I've got three resources I wanna make you aware of. One I've already mentioned is Trey and Leah, and their website is treyandleah.com. Yeah, they're out of Childress, Texas. They do marriage retreats, and they also have great resources and books. The next one is exomarriage.com. That's Pastor Jimmy Evans. 
and they do a marriage retreat every year uh, at Trinity Fellowship, and then they post it online. You can get on that website. Then the last one is Jimmy Evans Marriage Ministry. It's called marriagetoday.com. Okay, all three of those are good resources. All right, and you can, you can get on there and you can find a retreat to attend. You can find a book to read and you can invest your time, invest your energy into having a better marriage. Now, let me tell you something. Vicki and I have been married a long time, over 40 years, and we have a good marriage. Now, we don't have a perfect marriage and I'm not saying I'm the perfect husband. I, yeah, I'm not saying that. And I don't want you to think I'm standing up here saying, hey, we've got it all figured out. Okay, our marriage is good but it's worth investing in and it's worth making it better. So don't think to yourself, hey, I've been married a long time. I don't need that. No, I believe everybody needs it. Everybody should want a better marriage. Everybody should want to invest some time and energy into their marriage and their relationship. Amen? Amen. All right, stand up. Let me pray for you. Praise God. The Lord's good. Amen? Amen. Father God, I love you this morning. I'm thankful for my marriage. I'm thankful for those marriages that are here represented this morning. Lord, I pray your grace over our relationships, your grace over our marriages. Father, help us to grow in our marriages. Help us to invest some time and energy into improving our marriages and that we don't become lax and just satisfied, but we would want more and we would want better. Father God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives, and I'm grateful for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Praise God. I love y'all. Y'all going to be blessed.